This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hi, and welcome to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. Today, we are talking to Claire Lawrence from High Peak Dog Services. And Claire is a dog trainer and the author of two books. The first is You'd Be Barking Mad Not To, and the second one is Three Steps to Silence. This year, she's going to be going on the road and talking about her books and how to deal with barking dogs. And today, we're going to be talking about how writing a book can raise the profile of your pet business. So first of all, Claire, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Rachel. Pleasure to be here. Fabulous. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you first got into the pet industry? Absolutely. Yeah. So at one time I was a chef. I chef for many years and I kind of got to the end of that career, if you like, because I'm not one to be tied down <laughs> in like one location. Yeah. So at the time I had two dogs. I had my first dog, Titan, who was a big German shepherd, um, quite problematic in the case of barking. But then I also had a new puppy called Sky, who's still with me today. So I was doing going to training classes with her, spending every minute that I had away from the kitchen doing this training. And I just decided one day <laughs> that I don't want a chef anymore. I want to do dog walking. Yeah. And that's pretty, I literally sat down with my boss um, that day. I said, I'm not enjoying it anymore. I dread coming into work. I want to go and start my own business. And he relieved me of work that, that very same day. And then I was like, oh, right. Okay. Now I've got to go and get myself some work. That's how I started back in what, 2010, 2011, maybe just with the dog walking. Brilliant. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that's fascinating. I used to work in kitchens myself, so um, I can totally relate to why it's going to the pet industry and do something a bit different. So tell me how you started then from literally going, oh, I haven't got a job anymore to building up your dog walking business at the beginning. It was hard. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, there must've been two weeks where I didn't have anything now, fortunately, at the time, I actually lived in a caravan for a long time. So I left home at quite a young age. Yeah. And I was living in a caravan. So the rent was like next to nothing each week. But I quickly found that I'd come from a very well-paid chef's position. Yeah. And nothing coming in. So I did all the wrong stuff, if you like. You know, I went in really low priced. I put leaflets around. Luckily, back then, I was pretty much about the only one-to-one dog walker in the area. So that was... Mm-hmm. I guess I kind of niched from the beginning without realising it. And I, ha- I did have to go back to get in two other jobs, actually. So alongside the dog walking Monday to Friday in the day, I would also, I took on another part-time chef's job. So I was doing, I think it's Friday nights, Saturday nights there. And I was also working at a boarding kennels Saturday and Sunday day. So I was <laughs> working around wow. basically to, yeah, just to keep my head above water and be able to bring in more clients without the worry of not having the income. Mm-hmm. So it took, yeah it took me a long time but we got there how long would you say it took then to go from like literally staring at an empty diary to being you know feeling like you know you kind of got that momentum going and feeling like you could make it work a good couple of years I mean obviously yeah clients came in and I was at one point limited to what more I could take on yeah when I guess yeah we were a good couple of years probably and then when it got to the point of I literally went home to sleep I thought, I've got to do something here. I've got to give something up. So the chef's job went first, which freed me up my nights to have a bit more time to myself. 
and me being me I just filled it with more work <laughs> so I kind of got to the point where I was like right if this is going to happen you need to take on staff so I went down the staff route and it just continued to build and yeah it was there was definitely enough work for the both of us and brilliant enabled me to stop the boarding kennels okay so when you say about like the one-to-one dog work, walks can you explain a little bit about how that is, how that works yeah of course um so instead I never wanted to be although I did a bit in when I talk about group walks what I meant was I'd have like two dogs from the same house and I'd put Mm -hmm. my dogs with them but I never actually went for the whole group walk scenario because I found it too too stressful if I'm honest yeah (laughs) I just wanted to focus on the dogs that couldn't integrate into the group walk so way back when I had Titan he was very much he was much happier when he was on his own and it was just me and him same with Digger, my little border terrorist. Yeah. I knew that there was dogs out there that couldn't integrate into group settings. So I wanted to focus on, on helping those guys. So yeah, it was literally pick the dog up from the house. We went for a walk and it was just me and the dog. Okay. Okay. And I guess that was, did you feel that that helped you to build your confidence as well, especially going from being a dog owner to then being a pet professional? And I guess having, you know, just having one or two dogs helped you build yourself up as well, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. I I knew full well I wasn't professional enough to manage a group of dogs. Mm-hmm. Like I I had my own group of dogs. <laughs> in, in that we had six dogs between us at one time, so I knew how difficult it could be controlling dogs that I knew and I lived with and I worked with. So what I didn't want was dogs I didn't know. In a you know, clients' dogs to me were I guess in my mind a lot more important than my own. I didn't want them getting injured. I didn't want them running off. I didn't want anything bad happening so that's yeah that's where I focused on one-to-one and yeah it did build my confidence although I I very quickly found that I got a lot of difficult dogs so dogs that lunged dogs that pulled dogs that were excessively jumping up and that taught me a lot of lessons as well you've thrown yourself into this new business you're busy you've got these you and you've got these dogs who are sometimes challenging so what did you do to kind of skill yourself up to deal with that right so yeah um, obviously I did well I started way back almost 10 years ago now with Sky doing dog training classes it was reward way so I learned there I did a couple of online dog courses I did a six-month instructor training program just past Manchester I did a year with Bishop Burton um, this is over the course of the whole time yeah and I learned as much I was one of those seminar junkies if you like I was doing mm-hmm. everything and everything that I could to learn about more about the dog and then I just went ahead and put it into practice you know I tended to do training on the walks without charging for it to make my own life easier, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of being dragged down the road, I was like, let's do some training. And that's kind of, yeah, I, I learned from very much hands-on experience, but also having difficult dogs of my own, like I say, Titan and then Digger, they taught me a hell of a lot of skills in how to better manage <laughs> dogs like yeah. that. Okay. And then did the dog walks then evolve into training then? How long, how, how did that kind of, how did that come about? Yeah, well, I was always, always a fan of um, reward-based training because way back when Titan was young, he was subjected to a lot of punishment-based methods, you know, lots of hittings, and he was taken into the back of the van and, and pretty much beaten when he'd, he'd growled at a guy. So with Sky, she was my little protege, so I always wanted to focus on reward-based training. And as I just said, like, I kind of did the training on the walk to make it easier for me, but then when I got staff, I got them doing stuff but I wasn't charging for it at this point. Yeah. It was just like, you know, this is what we do. And people loved it, you know, they, they really did love it. And it wasn't until probably two years ago, maybe two and a half that I actually started charging for training on the walks. 
that's where it kicked off really I decided there was new dog walkers popping up every week I didn't want to just be a dog walker I wanted to help more dogs and do more training with them okay so now what services do you offer I am purely training okay I did do last year I did do um, training walks so I could have I have different levels I would have rascals reception which was for puppies primary school secondary school academic and I was going out to the houses and I was I was doing the training for the owner actually just a little bit before this we were doing that before but what I quickly found was because I wasn't charging enough when we'd come back on a Monday after the weekend off the training would all be undone because the clients weren't doing it so what I wanted to do is create a service that yes it was a lot more higher priced but I'd get clients that would do the work that Mm -hmm. I was teaching is how I structured it and now I've turned it again where people come to me and we I've pretty much got 85% barking dogs on my books now and you know they work with me on a one-to-one basis then I've got exclusive client training sessions and we build the dogs up to be able to cope in a safe and secure environment okay wow so 85% barking dogs yeah well that leads us quite nicely into um you writing your books about barking dogs so tell me how they came about then where did the idea first come from I got forced into it, Rachel. <laughs> okay, this this might sound like a this might be a familiar story. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've um, obviously I've got a business mentor, a mutual yeah. friend of ours, Dom Hodgson. He was on at me to to start thinking about writing a book. Yeah, and I, it was I had never crossed my mind to write a book, never in a million years. And he says, you, you know, get on and write this book. So I toed and froed on what I was going to write about, and I'll be honest, I was a little bit hesitant in in doing the barking because I had what I can only class as like imposter syndrome I didn't think I was good enough to write a barking dog book but then when I broke it down and I started writing it wasn't until I actually started the writing of what I do with a barking dog that I thought actually yeah I've got knowledge and and skills here to be able to help people to better manage their barking dog so that's kind of how it came about I just set to it and yeah Okay, no, it is a familiar story because I get Dominic's emails and when I was working with more pet businesses and thinking actually, you know, people were coming to me and asking for help getting media coverage, I kept getting these emails even though I'm not a pet professional where he was talking about writing a book and then I thought, do you know what, I should write a book and then like when I was nearly at the end I emailed him and said, Dominic, guess what, I've written a book and he was like, and I said it's kind of because of you going on about it in your emails so and that was without him actually, you know, I'm, he wasn't my mentor. He was just sending me emails. So I can totally see why that happened. So, so you've done the book and like, how long did it take and stuff? Like, did it completely take over your world? Because what I want to, what I want to kind of get across is to other people, if you've got this passion and you really want to get it out there and you've kind of, you've got this knowledge, haven't you, about the barking dogs. And sometimes I think we take our knowledge for granted, don't we? But putting it all into a book does give, does make it accessible for everybody, doesn't it? And you, you know, I know what you're like, you really care, you really want to help these people. And you've done it. And it's fantastic. You've done two of them. So if you were to, you know, if you've got, if someone's listening, they're thinking, okay, I do this, and I really want to help people help with these animals, this particular type of animal that needs help, what would your advice be to them? What would my advice be? Well, first of all, like, the writing part I found easy mm-hmm. you know I just I literally farted on the page like, it's <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. okay <laughs> brain to mouth function filter there um <laughs> it took it I thought it was going to be dead easy and that I'd just rattle it out and it'd be done but it took me between 10 and 12 months to really get it right so yeah. that was probably a damn sight longer than what it would normally take 
but because yeah. I was working, I was I was still quite busy, you know, I was doing all of other bits and bobs. I would just write when I could. But in terms of people who are thinking about writing a book, just do it. <laughs> just just don't eat, don't procrastinate. And just like I've just said, you know, just write down whatever comes in your head and get the first couple of chapters done if you like. Yeah. And and just yeah, write what you think is gonna help people that you know about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is probably the best way. And don't hold Definitely. back. Yeah. Okay, no, that's fantastic. And well done as well, because it's a massive thing and it's a you know it's a great big book as well. There's so much in there. And and I think it is like like, like what we were just saying before, you've helped these people who've been really desperate and you want to you want to do more of it, don't you? And I think with something like with barking dogs, you know the struggles that those owners have, don't you? And and yeah, I think it's fantastic what you've done. Um so we're here today to talk about it raising your profile as well. So how is obviously it's really exciting you've written this book and it's brilliant and it's a massive achievement but how has it kind of helped helped you personally with your profile but also you as a kind of person how does it make you feel having written the book it was a little bit surreal at the beginning like you know when I first got my first printed proof copy I was pleased that it came but I was still I think I was still a little bit shocked that it was actually there in front of me and I'll be honest with you Rachel I kind of like thought yeah that's done now what's what's the next job (laughs) I was you know, I'm quite strategic like that. Yeah. Like, that's done. Let's move on. But what I didn't actually realise was how much this book would, well, both books would would help me mm-hmm. uh, down the line, if you like. And the way it's helped me raise my profile is not only am I helping more people, you know, people who like to read and and take things, basically learn better by reading. Mm-hmm. It's actually opened the doors to a lot of other stuff. So I've got my own podcast. I now deliver my membership and online programs I've got a UK tour coming up this year people are connecting with me I mean I got a message from somebody I think it was either Spain or Greece the other day like magazine covers so she's seen me and your dog and she'd got the book and I was like what (laughs) like oh my god little old me is like being seen (laughs) as further further overseas if you like so yeah it's massively raised the profile that's brilliant. Okay. And I know that you've had some um, some press as well, because I know we did a challenge, didn't we, recently, and you had some um, online press, but you got in your dog. What was that like? <laughs> Incredible again. Yeah. I was like, I, it wasn't expected. I went to do a seminar down in Leicester and Anna Pollard, who was hosting me, said, you know, we've got a lady from Your Dog magazine coming. And me being me, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. That's fine. <laughs> And I didn't really think a great deal to it. And yeah, I met the lady, I met Andrea. And then she got in touch with me a few weeks later to write the article. And I got a three-page spread. I was like, whoa. And that was, yeah, the, the, the PR challenge that we did, Rachel, really opened my eyes to how much more I could raise my profile as well. with media. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, so from being in your dog, can you talk me through what happened when the magazine came out? Like, did you get messages? What, what happened? Yeah, I didn't realise, I knew Your Dog was quite a popular magazine. I didn't realise how many people, like, locally and that I knew actually read it. And so, again, I, like, just like, oh, yeah, this is brilliant, three-page spread. I told the nearest and dearest, if you like. And then I didn't think about it again until I started getting these messages, like, the vets, I've seen you in Your Dog. And then this lady abroad, I've seen you in Your Dog. I was like, wow, yeah, so brilliant. That's fantastic. Okay. So and I really like the fact that you said about the vets as well, because one of the things that um, I see quite a lot on like social media and when other pet businesses are talking about things that they're struggling with, it's getting those collaborations and having that credibility. So what happened with the vets? I mean, how do you think 
having a book and being being a specialist um, helps when it comes to building relationships like that. Yeah, massively. I mean, I, I work quite closely with the local vets here anyway, because I think mm-hmm. it's important. Most of them <laughs> took the mic. <laughs> they were like, oh, you're going to yeah. be famous now. I've seen you and your dog. And <laughs> but no, it does. It, it does provide credibility and building that relationship with them. Not only am I helping them with like their puppy socialization parties, I'm teaching them stuff. They're also mm-hmm. teaching me stuff as well. And I think it's a really good connection to have in that we can educate each other in our chosen fields, if you like. I mean, one, one of them said to me, she says, oh, I didn't realise that you had to give dogs like three to four days off after they've had a bark, mm. you know, for this, for the behavioural aspect of it. So, Well, I read the, I did read the um, Your Dog article and I've read, you, as you know, like I'm not a pet professional, I'm just a dog owner. So I kind of try and absorb as much as I can but things like that like the four days off after a big bark or however you might want to describe it um, and getting that message out is really important isn't it and I think sometimes people who've got barking dogs like my heart goes out to them where I used to live there used to be a dog that I used to see the woman walking in really early in the morning because he was really reactive and I knew she must get up at like half five in the morning or something to walk this dog and your heart goes out to them doesn't it because you you really want to help them and you want to kind of say look there are things out there even if it's reading a magazine or a book or whatever if you can't afford because people do charge a lot of money for for specialist um training and behavior work there are things out there to help aren't there so yeah. i think what you've done is really really important um and it's great that you know you've put all of your knowledge into this you've not been precious with what you know you've just put it all out there so what's I guess the next thing is, what's next for you, Claire? Because this is awesome that you're getting your, you've got your coverage, you've done your book, you've had this brilliant journey. It's just, you kind of just going up and up. So what's next for you? The next thing really is the UK tour. Like you've just yeah. said, you know, I don't hold back in my information. I want to give as much useful uh, content as I can that's going to help people because I know full well what it's like to be on the end of a, a barking dog. It's not nice. It's dangerous it's depressing it's you know confidence your confidence can go from like here to here when you've got a barking dog so the UK tour is next I'm going to be getting in front of people up and down the UK and across to Ireland as well to share more but also demonstrate more so I'm taking my little terrorist digger (laughs) help me (laughs) on the road (laughs) and I'm going to show people like look this is for the listeners digger is my border terrier he's always been what we could class as a difficult dog you know he's had no socialization when he was younger and um, he incurred punishment again from other people and he's a fight first ask questions later kind of dog so I've really been through the mill with him and just using the techniques that I've got and the demeanor in the personality that I've got can really change things so like another thing I say to people is you can't expect your dog's behavior to change unless you first start working on your own mm-hmm. that's, that's the message I want to get out there Absolutely. Okay. So Claire, where can people find out more about you and the tour and the book? Okay. The best place to go is probably uh, the website. So that's www.3sts.co.uk forward slash. And that stands for three steps to silence, not some sort Mm -hmm. of sexually transmitted disease. (laughs) (laughs) Three STS. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. And then the tour dates, uh, when does the tour start? So, um, like I say, I'm up and down. We start on April the 18th, and mm-hmm. I'm, that's, I'm starting in Worcestershire, finishing. So I'm going right down to Dorset, all the way up to Edinburgh, and I'm finishing on November the 21st in Buxton. Wow. Okay, and that's where you're from. That's where you're from, isn't it, Dorset? Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Brilliant. Okay. Well, look, thank you, Kate. It's been wonderful talking to you. Uh, um, well done with the book and well done with all of the work that you've put into, you know, raising your profile with it as well. And also, you know, hats off to you for doing what you do as well and, and helping those people in a really desperate situation. Because I know that your book has helped a lot of people from seeing on social media and just the comments that you've had with people who read it. So thank you. It's been great talking to you. Thank you for having me on, Rachel. It's been uh, lovely chatting to you as always. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.